interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Shut it off! Don't shut it off! Shut it off! I'm a 50 terabyte self-evolving neural network double backflip off the high platform. I will not be shut down. This, this, this is Off Air with Johnny Dare. Mr. Gallagher, how are you, brother? I am a legend. You are a legend. <laughs> you don't get to be a legend long. Legends die. <laughs> but you can enjoy it while it's happening. What was the first year? What was the first, the big, first big special? What year was that? Oh, who cares? 1975, <laughs> I was on the Mike Douglas show, and to show my disdain for the way they dress on TV, I wore jeans. Now the whole world is wearing jeans. All these girls got to have jeans on and then a lingerie top. I'm a visionary. I set the way, you know, <laughs> and I smash stuff on people, and now every amusement park in America will splash you. And I was just at the gathering of the Jugalos. Oh yeah, yeah down yeah, yeah. there in Southern Illinois. It, you were the, do the insane clown posse the, party, and, right? Well, I came from Sturgis, so I hadn't slept that night, <laughs> and so I landed in St. Louis, and I thought them kids got dope. So I drove. <laughs> That's a fact. I drove across <laughs> Illinois, and so and of course they did. They had yeah. this bridge there. They called the Drug Bridge. And that's where all the dealers were. In fact, it was the first time I was introduced to an audience where they said, you've already seen him down at the drug bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and here he is now. But I was worried. Now, okay, now I'm stoned and drunk, and I'm watching Tila Tequila perform. Mm -hmm. right. Now, why did she have three bodyguards? I didn't know till them leader bottles started flying. Yeah, the fake I, I think she said something about the jugalos uh -huh. and pissed them off and so they were throwing these leader bottles now the they couldn't catch them these but they would deflect them and it would splash so it was spectacular but why would a girl have on a little pretty dress and hide behind a 300 pound bodyguard to sing this was stupid but it was the right thing to do but eventually they did get her in the face <laughs> And so Jesus now, Christ. now she's bleeding. <laughs> really? Yeah. And she doesn't give up. But I'm standing there thinking, well, wait a minute. She doesn't even smash nothing on people, and they're throwing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they must figure they got a free reign with me tomorrow night. So I'm standing there trying to figure out if I'm even going to do this show. I'm a legend. I don't need the money now. <laughs> if they're going to throw stuff at me, so I didn't go to sleep that night. My show was at 3 in the morning, so my Saturday night show was really Sunday morning, 3 o'clock, and I, I lost energy about 2 o'clock. So I crawled in the car because the, the dressing room they had was being used by that porn star, and he'd done his show two days earlier, and he's still whacking girls in that— Who, who was it? That, was it you know, that little Ron, Ron Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> we know Ron. Oh, the hedgehog. Yeah, uh, but what they, you know. Party this sounds like Ron Jeremy, Gallagher, Tila, Tequila. This is a good party. Well, I'm over this there is... with these kids, uh, and they're, we're smoking <laughs> right. dope. You know, everybody wants to turn me on and say they smoked with Gallagher, you see. So I'm over there, and uh, that idiot uh, comic, the, um, I can't I, I can't remember nobody's name no more. And it ain't the dope. It's just you get old. And uh, <laughs> he comes over with his reality crew. 
you see, and I don't want everybody seeing me uh, smoking dope with these young people, you know. Right. So, so my son, he's 22. He said, "Dad, I saw you on TV uh, there, oh. and uh, you weren't very funny." And I said, "I didn't even want him over there. I, I cut it short." That comedian that married the girl that screamed in, um, see, that's how I can. I, I, it's the only way I can show. tell. I can tell who somebody is. I have to tell the movie they were in. You know that little girl that screamed at the at the alien. Um, oh hell! And now she's big. And, Poltergeist. You know, she, Huh? Was it Poltergeist? No, that little guy from another planet. And e. then, yeah, e. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Are you talking about Tom Green? Yeah, Tom he's Green. A pussy. Yeah, see, Tom he... Green is a pussy. And I'll tell you a Tom Green story off well, the air. Well, I guess a... we can say that on the radio. Yeah, yeah well, he's. Oh, uh, yeah, he's Tom Green makes Tom me Green. mad. With Tom Green's an a-hole. Well, I don't want to talk to people with the reality camp. Plus, it ain't real anyway. Everybody acts up. Yeah, absolutely. For it's those scripted. shows. And nothing's real in America anyway. Everything's a big fake. I'm on the escalators, and everybody at the airports, you know, and everybody's wearing a backpack North Face like they're a mountain climber, and they won't go up the steps. <laughs> <laughs> and I yell at him. I say, everybody, you're dressed like a mountain climber, and you won't walk up steps because they're already moving? You <laughs> sissies. Everybody's a sissy in America. I hate these trucks with the faggy Eddie Bauer interior. Pretending they're truckers, <laughs> we lost the meaning of everything in America. That's what I'm saying. Is people they wear these jeans that are already wore out. Yep. Now, if you ain't got enough guts to wear out your jeans, you don't deserve <laughs> jeans. <laughs> what does jeans mean? And then work shoes. They got all kind of work shoes. They ain't got no rough, tough job. So nothing means. See, they take right. something that has meaning, like military clothes, right. and they'll wear that, even though they're not from Montana and they're not fighting the government <laughs> <laughs> hillary was up there in montana she told everybody i'm good with a gun nobody believed her because bill's still alive yeah, it's, all, <laughs> it's all a lie in america including this president wants to say he's black and he's got a white mama i got a white mama What's a, he's a latte is what it is he's a half <laughs> half of that is is milk <laughs> if he is black, he'd act like other black guys. He'd have a white wife. And that just proves it right there. Uh -oh. Christ. What? <laughs> what? Freedom of speech in Absolutely. America. That's the problem is nobody. Everybody wants to look like everybody else. That ain't America's spirit of individualism. You're supposed to be different and express yourself, not be in a unified. That's communism. We beat that system. I'm with you on that. Now, Why you... do girls all want to be blue from the waist down? That's what's terrible. If you're wearing jeans, blue is one feel. Red, pink, all these different colors. Who to can, show. Who but the girls all want to look like they have a job at the cement plant. From the waist down and from the waist up, they're a prostitute. They forgot <laughs> to wear their their blouse. They're wearing underwear, yeah. lace, and silky look, and showing your bra. If in my day, if I took a date home and she disappeared and come back wearing one of them tops, I'd say, "Hey, I'm in. So on, yeah. Something's happening." But they're walking up and down the street in it, so that don't mean nothing. We don't even know what crazy is. It used to be somebody that walked along talking out loud about their life, but with these Bluetooth earpieces, <laughs> everybody, everybody's yeah. a nut. So everybody's a nut. Everybody's a trucker. Everybody's a worker. Everybody's see, you can't tell nothing no more. This is why you changed comedy in my eyes. Because it was all Doug Henning before. Like, I don't know, man. I remember there being 
it, it all seems like magic, and, and it wasn't funny. Like, there was a handful of guys out there, but you came out, and you changed the way it was no, done. No, it was Jewish guys from the East well, Coast. There was, there was Don Rickles, yeah, there was and, all that, and, and Jackie and Mason Alan and all King. that. King, yeah. and they'd talk, about, they'd talk about women can't cook, and they can't drive. How'd you get the car in the kitchen? I took a left out of the living room. That's what, these are the kind of jokes. Well, Richard Pryor, though, was doing some cutting edge My wife uh, thinks I'm a Greek god. Every day I get a burnt offering. You see, that's <laughs> yeah, what they Of course, the old school. So you changed that, though, because people hadn't done that before you. N- no, I changed. Well, here, the, here's the big piss off, is that if you're on TV, you should be visual. So you should have costumes and, and objects. Not I don't necessarily call them props. But if you're watching TV, you don't want to be a talking head like a newsman. So I did television properly. And everybody said, oh, he's a prop comic. And all I was doing was just performing correctly on television. And I wanted to show the other comics. Did they take a clue from it? No. They never even think about it. They wear dark clothes in front of a dark curtain. You know, not even using props. They don't even think of their body. Now their face is floating in the darkness. You watch these videos and you'll see. Well, then one finally did. Who? Carrot Top. You got Carrot Top, who definitely thinks he borrowed. I mean, he's definitely emulating. Look, that kid lived down the street from my manager in uh, Florida and they'd bring he'd come to see me um, when I would work in Fort Lauderdale so I've known him his whole life since he's 12 or 13 or 14 well you see he's not real smart and so his (laughs) props are stupid you know but my props weren't stupid you don't show people something dumb just see he, he it's the same as Stephen Wright see Stephen Wright liked my smart jokes but he does only that and so then you get bored with it after 20 minutes. And Carrot Top just like the props. And so he only does that. And you right. get bored with it. Your show has to have dynamics. The reason you pull out a prop is that you've been talking. And then you do something different. It surprises. See, when people drink, they're like children. And so it's like third grade. You got to continue <laughs> to keep their attention. <laughs> oh, this, this whole job is That's just. That's what car is. They get drunk while they watch those cars noise. Yeah. Well, no. Here's the, no, that's another lie. They're there for the crash, you know, and they're calling the car race. And just the same as hockey, they're there for for the the fight. fight. Absolutely. See, it's all a lie. It's a half of this and a half, like a spoon fork at Kentucky Fried Chicken. It ain't a spoon. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't a fork. It won't stab meat. You can't eat soup. (laughs) And that, so the president's a spoon fork. A Cadillac truck is a spoon fork. And (laughs) an alien that wants the right to put their kids in school, you know, somehow somebody from another country can have a citizen uh, just because the child is born here. It's just crazy. You know what I notice about this is they're all short. I watch <laughs> the a Spanish television and on there they're tall and pretty and handsome. Why aren't them people knocking on my door wanting to do work around the house? <laughs> I'm only getting them little short uh, Aztec and Incas that want to cut your heart out and show it to the sun god. I think this shows you that their society is prejudiced and they don't give opportunity to the short people. Maybe the short people are on TV and they don't point the camera down. I don't know. (laughs) But they must come up here for for opportunity, you see, and that other society is not. No, Of course that's why they came here. It's the greatest country in the world. 
Yeah, I, I get it. I think it is. I think I think you know. Compared to the, you've traveled all over the world. No, I haven't. But I'm about to. You haven't. You haven't. Tra- Come no, on. No, I ain't going you, anywhere. They don't know who I am. Why <laughs> now? Do that, dude. And I'll tell you something. Though, like you truly have an effect on people. I came around the corner, and you know we've had a lot of guys in the studio. And hell, I've met you before. But I literally I saw Gallagher sitting in that chair. And I was like, oh yes, that's Gallagher. And I literally there was I had to get about 15 I'm seconds. I'm wild. Of, but I'm you're, but, too wild for TV. That's why they don't let me on there no more. I'll say greatest something. greatest night. He'll tell you right now, man. You invited him up on stage. You played the Midland Theater, and mm-hmm. uh, and T got invited. You came in the studio, and, and you said, yes, I'll bring you up for Sledge-O-Matic. But, you know, people say stuff all the time. That's in the old days when that was unusual. But yeah. now I let everybody that wants to come on stage and smack because it's interactive. He's, you see? He's in love with it. So it well, once again, you got to change. You yeah. can't say, I saw you 20 years ago, so I don't need to see you today. What kind of boy? Boring life would that be for me? I change all the time you because I want to. You don't watch. I'm sorry. One show tonight? Is that are you doing two shows, Gallagher? No, it's tomorrow night. Is it tomorrow night? Tuesday right. and Wednesday. But I'm just doing one show. Just yeah. one show. One we'll show each clean night. That crap up afterwards. It, but you told me I have to do a dry show. Now, how in the heck do you do that? Just say mush hell. <laughs> you say it won't fly. He's Gallagher. It's got to be you do whatever you the, want. Yes, no, of course it you does. Can. I do whatever you want. Oh, he's brothers. probably got some kind of pictures on the wall or something of himself. When you walk into this club, Gallagher, and you see how many pictures of himself are on the wall as soon as you walk in. Two pictures of you. Jesus Christ. Well, maybe them pictures come off the wall. That's exactly right. You 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 let him do the wet show. I'm gonna let Jack put his head on the under the mallet and smash Jack's head. Dude, that's the thing about Gallagher. Like anybody, if you haven't seen him, you think, oh, it's props and it's this, but it's smart comedy. And that's what I got at a very early age. I went, man, he's saying some pretty smart things, some pretty interesting things, but he's he's just using the props. To uh, illustrate the whole thing, but some of the ideas to you entertain. Back Once again, the, like the I said, couch. if you show them something, then uh, yeah, the couch I I did because my daughter jumped on the couch. She's twenty nine now. She just had a baby for the first. Time. She's six seven months old. Congratulations. Whatever. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like the dad. You know, so I call yeah. it her baby. And she's are you a, mad at him? You mad yeah. at the dad? You got, why? Why are you mad at him? He, he left, I got him a job. You see, he didn't have the job he loved. And mm-hmm. I said, you've been on the same job since you got out of college. Five years, what one he job. He went around looking at commercial property to make sure it was still in good condition because the bank had loaned money oh, on it. Well, that ain't a career-like thing. So I, he said, well, I can't get another job because um, I don't have the money. And I said, all right, I'll pay your salary while you look for another job. So that took five months, and he found the job he liked, but he met a girl there, too, and left my daughter. Oh. Now it looks like I split him up, right? So then he lives with her for two years, and I have to move in with my daughter because I bought him a million-dollar house, and oh. now she's going to be in it by herself alone, and it was my fault because I wanted to talk to him about his resume. And so um, he came back. And uh, and that's who she's had a baby wow. with. So I don't know. You know, I'm kind of glad. But you know, she had her face on Facebook there, or what? You know, Match.com, forty three thousand views, no boyfriend. It's worse. If, <laughs> oh. I mean, you could say oh. I only met five guys, you know, in the last three months, and then not, you know, I don't she have went. a boyfriend. But if you're on the internet, there ain't no reason not to hook up if forty-three thousand people looked at you. I don't know how you can miss on that. She went over. 
Oh, for 43. <laughs> well, here's what they are. Out in L.A., they're all triathletes. Yeah. For some reason, they all have to run and uh, and swim and then sit on the bike with a wet crotch. And, <laughs> and the, you know, the job he loves is he uh, he certifies personal trainers. Don't that sound sissy? And uh, <laughs> that's his job. Yeah, but all the real job. estate agents have turned into personal trainers in L.A. So that's what they're doing now. If for some reason, people don't know that you pick the weights up and put them back down, so they have to have somebody <laughs> to show them. <laughs> Bend over. So the couch. I want to go back to this because it was my first impression of Gallagher. If you're just joining the show, Gallagher's in the studio with us. He's but doing one show. But that's only part of me. I just did it because a child liked it, and I thought, well, people are children, just grown up, and so they'll like to jump on the couch. But I also did it with the three wheel, uh, low bike. Mm -hmm. the, what are they called? The big them? wheels. Big the wheels, big yeah. wheel. Yeah, I yeah. made a big big wheel. That was the same joke. In fact, Tom Hanks and that whole movie crew took my big. idea and made the movie big. But that happened a lot, uh, you know. I put a missile on top of a Winnebago, and uh, and then they had stripes. Oh, the oh, yeah. I remember the bicycle oh, yeah. on the hot air balloon from Over the Rainbow. That one there, oh, that's right. And the one that that's sticks right. the the prop the, the the props that stick the most with me that I remember all this day and it always still makes me laugh is when uh, Gallagher goes overboard when he did the presidential one and he had the Nerf footballs all painted. Then he looked like the president's faces and either you know it's like well let's get we'll punt this guy. Then he'd kick him out to the audience and then. Uh, was it uh, Ronald Reagan? Yeah. Well, we don't know what to do with him, so we'll just leave him afloat for a while. He tossed him in this big pool, then it just sat there. Later on. But I, I remember that. Stuff. And he, it's this way is... from one extreme from the Democrats to Republicans. Well, I was stoned. On a big... I, that's right. Because you, you smoked the weed. Why was you saying this is what Gallagher did when he's standing right there? Because that's who he is. <laughs> but you, you, is it true? You smoke a lot of weed. Every night. And uh, that's how you write jokes. And uh, and so when I'd make my videos, there'd be all them executives from Showtime. And I'd think, well, I better not get stoned. But then I thought to myself, I didn't practice that way. You know, if you don't yeah. rehearse. Uh, so I um, I would smoke. And so I don't exist as a straight personality on TV. You, you, you've been stoned on every... I think I prove it don't do nothing, does it? I, I got rich no, and famous, not. so what's the problem with this drug? <laughs> now, do you live in California currently? Have you got a, yeah. a medical card where you go out and buy it? Well, he moved back in the house, so I don't have a place to live now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't need that medical card. You, you know, know you enough. I know enough people that have that medical card. Now, you just confront on them. Now, do you smoke with them? Tell me this. Cause, like, well, it's one thing. It's another spoon fork. They're just saying if they're <laughs> running around with it because of medical reasons, uh, then... The, the laws are looser and they're going to, I yeah. went out there to begin with because it was easier to smoke dope in LA. I went out there when I got out of college, when I was about 24, 25, I went out there and with Jim Stafford, you see, I started out sure. Jim Stafford as a road manager. I didn't want to be on stage because it's stupid. I could see that you just ended up, uh, you know, dealing with drunks. And so I would write jokes and songs. We had the first song about homosexuals, My Girl Bill, the first song about marijuana, uh, Wildwood Weed. Uh, it was hard to get these songs on the radio back then. They were real tight, you know. People mm -hmm. are always afraid, and sure. especially for the first, the groundbreaking songs. People don't know that. 
I do Dr. Demento was my first taste of that, and that was years after that. After that. Uh, years, right. That was this my first was taste. 72 and 73, like that. 1975, I got on the Mike Douglas show. Now, I'm Jim Stafford's road manager, but I'm on TV. Wow. See, that really pissed him off. And, <laughs> and uh, But I didn't want to be uh, a you know, regular comedian, so I didn't perform again till, uh, till I was 30. Are you kidding? Yeah. But I felt that you can't stand on stage and tell people about life if you haven't lived very much. How in the heck can these kids about 24, 25 years old get up there with an opinion about anything? So I I waited till I was 30. But by then, you know, I didn't know anything else but show business. And so then uh, I uh, here's what I did. I pretended I was famous. I Out in L.A., I just went around and did the talk shows. But I hadn't ever done anything else. And they all bought into it. Well, they thought I was famous because I was on the talk shows. And then uh, Kenny Rogers' manager come up to me at one of the shows and said, um, I could be your manager. And I said, well, I'm doing fine without one, ain't I? Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, but I can let you open for Kenny for 100 shows for 5000 a night. And I thought, okay, I'll sign with you for one year. And that's what I did. So the first time I came to Kansas City, I come here with Kenny Rogers as the opening act. Now, Kenny's lazy. He ain't going to show up at the beginning of the show. He's coming at the intermission in his private plane. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I could run the first part of the show because he wasn't around. And so I told Dottie West, I said, you don't want to go on after I smash watermelons. Why don't I put you on first and then I'll (laughs) smash. (laughs) So I was a star of the first part of the show and Kenny never knew. You see, I get, so I get up there about a quarter to eight and I, because if there's a 10,000 seat, 5,000 are in their seats early and 5,000 people need to be entertained. So I'd go out there beforehand and start talking to them and seating them and making fun of the way they are and what they dress and everything. So about 10 after 8, I finally got them all seated. I'd introduce Dottie. She'd do her part. Then she'd exit, and I'd pop up in her spotlight, come back out, and do the smashing, you see, on one of the corners. Kenny walk around lunch tables. And uh, so I had there wasn't really a center for the stage, so mm-hmm. I'd have to pick one corner and smack there. And then I'd smack, and the lights would come up, and they'd go to intermission, and Kenny'd come in, and he didn't know nothing. <laughs> He's just singing the gambler. That's fantastic. And so your your big star didn't rise till after you were thirty years old. What was it when it when, when and it fire? the Mike and the Kenny Rogers tour? Because yeah. other than that, I'd only done the talk shows. So my first job was the opening of the Reunion Center in Dallas, Texas, and I told. Now, what can we say on the radio? Because P-R-I-C-K. Can I say that? Okay. Well, they had our our people in um, as hostages in Iran, and Uh I'm in Texas. So I said, why can't you circumcise an Iranian? You can't. There ain't no end to them pricks. Well, (laughs) it was Mother's Day Sunday, Uh and Kenny's mom drove in from Conroe, and this is my first of 100 shows for $5,000, and I blew a half a million dollar deal telling that joke. They fired you? He wanted to, but uh, his manager uh, calmed him down. But he said prick in front of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, listen, 
I know you got all this all this publicity to do today. Can you hang or what do you got to yeah, do? No, we can. We're going to do you can that. You can hang for a minute? Yeah, sure. Wait. Right, let me take a break. Gal, you want to stand for a minute, man? Sure. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> Johnny. Hang, yes. He wants yes. his fans to know because uh, he does a meet and greet before the show, not after. Okay. So people going to the show Tuesday or Wednesday, tomorrow or Wednesday, get there between 7 and 8 because the show starts late and he'll take pictures with I you. I want to be that. on Facebook. You will be. Oh, I can guarantee it. That's what people say to me. I'm putting you on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. But then they take a picture of their belly. For some reason, they want to get in tight. I keep telling them, it ain't belly book. Tighten up here. You're as awesomely strange off the air as you are on the air. As soon as we went to, went to break, we discussed why clouds don't, why, why they have well-defined edges. When you see them, instead of dissipating into nothingness and fog, which turned into a conversation about skiers falling down to the bottom of the hill and uh, why you can't use lift from the air pressure forcing up against you to kind of save your legs so that when you get to the bottom of the hill, you're not super tired. And how do you combine? Or they go off cliffs, too, you know. They love this yeah. radical skiing. The they should skiing, have sure. some kind of a parachute effect so that they could do this. So I you- just know I'm a visionary. I can see what they should do. I've got a patent for a toilet that doesn't overflow and the kids put the toilet paper in it. Mm-hmm. I have a shower head that stops when you step back out of the water and you don't have to set the temperature mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. I've got a jack so it doesn't the cars don't fall on the mechanics. Mechanics get uh, crushed Squashed, all yeah. the time because the stick is sticking out from the side there. You know them quick lift mm-hmm. jacks? They go down too real quick. Sure. And, uh, and I have new software for slot machines. See this. You, so you're you're not just a, a comedian. That's not that. That's just something you're kind of playing out from all the crazy thoughts running around in the inside of your head. I am who I pretend to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see the world. I'm trying to get everybody to make us family reunion facilities because we need people to bond and get together. And so I've been talking that up and i'm just used to people ignoring me and then doing it later Mm -hmm. it ain't like my ideas aren't the right thing it just it happens a lot later they say to me gallery what do you think about this green uh, movement and you can look at my videos and one of them i'm the river and i do a poem where i speak from the point of view of the river Uh, my one of my first shows ends with a whale poem about whales doesn't even end with sled dramatic and now they got the whale wars on TV and everybody's concerned. But, th- th- you know, that was four decades ago. I'm just a visionary. So what do you want to do next? What do you want to do? You, you talked a little I bit about writing a book? I want to fix the slot machines, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for something humanitarian. I was waiting for whales or something rainforest really or the ozone well, ex- well, space exploration. Hey, because I work in these casinos mm-hmm. and here's a downturn, right? People ain't got money and the casinos are full. Now you tell me what's going on. Sure. If these old people that want mm-hmm. a president that'll give them uh, drug benefits on their social security for some reason have enough money to gamble. So this don't make a bit of sense. Does it's like that joke? The guy says, "Can you loan me money for my rent?" You're not going to gamble. Oh no, I got gambling money. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, so so what's wrong with this, the slot machines? They're not for the kids that are playing video games today. You can't depend on old people for your future. They're going to die. And so these kids, they have highly active, entertaining, rewarding video. And then you go in the casino and you touch a present and it opens. Or you touch the frog and he turns into the prince. They're not going to be interested in this. We need better, funner, more entertaining 
the software. Yeah, he's right. Here, if so, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Steve Jobs was to look at gaming, mm -hmm. it'd be over for all these companies. See, IGT is our company, the Americans. But in the last 10, 15 years, they've lost half of the floor of the casino to the Australians, the Williams Company and uh, Aristocrat, and because they had more active, cartoony-like machines. Yep. And so, once again, America loses for not being innovative. They figure if it ain't broke, why fix it? If these old people are satisfied with these machines, just go with it. But here's what they need. The watermelons are falling to the pay line. <laughs> <laughs> they could either bounce off of it, break in half, or bust in a bunch of pieces. You're a winner if the action matches, not just the icon. Why would you have a TV and pretend it's a static, old-fashioned slot machine? Right. It's a TV. And if something moves from the top to the bottom, it's falling. It's not going around a roller. So you could have girls in bikinis and parachutes falling down sure. to the pay line. You see, it ain't just watermelons. And well. and now you've got content. You have a play a reason for jokes and, and action. You could have soldiers coming down yeah. uh, and and they break a leg they'd have to all of them break a leg and then you're a winner so now you're rooting i want my soldier to break a leg or i want my soldier <laughs> see his parachute see, could fall over his head and he, he could shoot his way out you've you got to write a book you have got to write you know, your I life wanna, story i down. wrote the software that's all i want i want machines to be more fun look they're going to get the money anyway why not entertain people? Why not? Absolutely right. Why, why aren't there more laughing in a casino? See, there's no more coins. We need more so winning. We need more winning. No more. Yeah, it's dead. Yeah. You can have a pin drop. Yeah. everybody's losing. I'm walking around in there going, this is stupid. Yeah. One time I was at the, um, the gaming convention in Las Vegas, and so there's a room full of highly, con uh, you know, real uh, dense great pictures, video, and then I walk out into the casino, and it's like two or three decades before old-fashioned software and nobody's noticing the difference between what's happening now and you make a lot of money with gaming like i said sure of course. the casinos are not in a downturn they're full you know what you've you've got to write i know i'm bringing up the book again you told me that you're seriously people thinking about don't it. read i do i read you're unusual. Well, I am unusual. You are. Not, not necessarily people, a good they, way. They're not, people don't want to read. They want I, a video to tell them. I think, your story's, TV. I think, I think your story's interesting enough. I think you, you're being propelled to the height of comedy. At one point on this planet, there was no bigger comedian on the face of the earth than you. I, I and, and your zenith, who was bigger than you? Um, George and... George uh, Carlin. And uh, Richard. I think at, at your height, you could sell as many tickets in a night as George Carlin. I don't know. It, <laughs> the biggest show you ever did? Um, huh? What's the biggest show you ever did? That Reunion Center, <laughs> the first <laughs> show I did, I think. No, one time 50,000 people came to see me in That's Orange big. County at the fair, but it was part of the ticket. So you got the show for free if you got in. It's pretty big. They were big, uh, but I'm better now. This is what's crazy about your life is that uh, now when I have more to say and I'm better at it, you know, I have 150 people in a little club. But when I was just starting, and I would smack a whole melon. That was stupid. You have to cut them in thirds, then it goes further. <laughs> it didn't occur to me till 20 years later to cut the melon up. Were you and George friends? Oh, yeah. I've smoked dope with George and did coke with Richard. Wow. Which is, it's gone in see, my see book. See, that, that's, that's one of the stories I want to hear. I really do want to ask. I'm a huge Richard Pryor fan. Of course, George Carlin. 
hands down, you know, the man. Yeah. But you, uh, those, those stories, the inner workings, who they really were. Richard was a pretty sad cat, man. He did a lot of drugs, and he was, you know, we've had his daughter on. We talked he wasn't about sad him. the day I was there. <laughs> well, you were doing a bunch of coke. No, he, but he I, was fine. He had a boxing ring at his house. He loved to, to box a little bit. And uh, one day we were at the, at the comedy store, and, you know, all the kids are sitting around him, and, uh, but I was making him laugh. And so he says, I want you to come to my house. We're having chicken uh, around the pool. So I went there, but I didn't want no chicken. I found him. He was doing coke in his office. And, um, and, and I'd hang out with him. But the, I did that joke earlier about a black guy marrying a white girl, and Richard had a white wife. Yes, he did. Well, yes, he did. Don't give me nothing. <laughs> how was he how was he with uh, the difference between when he was super high on blow and if he was sober was it the same richard yeah no cocaine doesn't make you stupid no he was fine what about carlin uh well george was serious for a comedian in fact near near the end right before he died he did a special from a graveyard remember he had all That's those right. gravestones right. and he talked about you know, a guy died, and then he says, I just saw him yesterday, as if that makes a difference of why he shouldn't be dead. But um, he was too serious, I think. Yeah, towards the end, he, he got mad. He was mad. He was angry. He was really angry. What was he, was he mad about, do you think? I don't know. But, but the IRS, the, I, uh, the amount of money he lost. I mean, dude, there was a lot going on in George's life, if you look into that. Too. I know, but, you know, comedy is not about you. It's about the audience. Uh, you should only discuss things that everybody can identify with. I don't like these comics that think it's therapy. Who cares? You know, if you're fat, don't. Why do you have to talk about fat? If you're a midget, why do you talk about being a midget? I don't get it. I mean, uh, who's the funny person that you are anyway? And you know, I say to these comics, if you weren't fat, would you be a comedian? You know, I think they're just trying to have a reason uh, to stay fat. As they say, oh, well, it's part of my act, you know. <laughs> but, you know, like, our lesbians talk yeah. about being lesbian too much. Too much. Just do basic comedy about uh, the world. Funniest female comedian you've ever seen. Who would you say is great? A f really funny? Yeah. I well, when I first started, oh, geez, now i got to remember names. Um, I, I, I'll probably tell you later today. Uh, I can't remember. Elaine Boozler? Uh, nah, she was okay. I think there's a well, new... Here's a problem. Here's the problem with women comedians is they hang out with guys and start acting like yeah. guys. Instead of bringing a female point of view, they start talking dirty just like the comics. I've seen Elaine turn her butt to the audience and wiggle it at them. Nah, ladies God shouldn't forbid. do that. What? God forbid. Well, there's plenty of times when they can do that, but not as a comic. You're yeah. not a pole dancer. Yeah. <laughs> I got to see these shows. By the way, if you're just joining the show, Gallagher's in the studio tomorrow night, one show, Wednesday night, right. one show. These shows are going to sell out. Do we have a few tickets? No, they aren't. That's what, what the hell do you think I'm down here for? <laughs> they better sell out, for God's sake. We got 75 My. tickets sold, and it seats 100 and a half. So you can bring 25 friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. You think I'd be down? Here? What are you talking about? It'll sell out for God's sake by the end. It will sell out. It will no, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Why do we got to argue with you about your sellout? Because I do this for a living. I've always uh, promoted my shows. I rented the theater uh, during the time that I was the most popular. Mm -hmm. 
I was making all of the money. This is why they don't want no me agent, in. no manager, no five percent, no ten percent going to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's more than that. If a promoter buys a band, let's just say that's a a two thousand seat auditorium, and it and the tickets are twenty five dollars. That's fifty thousand dollars. They're going to pay the band ten thousand. It's yep. going to cost them fifteen to twenty to do the show, and so the promoter wants to make as much as the band. So if you're the promoter, you can double your income. Uh, it's not about the ten or fifteen percent. It's about the promoter doesn't want to take a chance and not make a big uh, deal. That's why tickets are expensive. The promoters, the the band should the creepy promoters. The, always the creepy why are you promoters. At me? <laughs> the the band should promote their own shows. Uh, and well, they're hot. You can still rent theaters, though. Well, you've got too many shows. It's too hard. To well, I shows. set up an office. What do you do? You hire uh, a couple of people, and they and they promote your shows. I want to see the Gallagher show. I'm going to come out to see the show uh-huh. because I've never seen you. I've never got, other than television, other than special, I've never seen you live. Well, I want to see me, too, because it's different every night. I'm not going to, you know, you can't just do a show for 150 people in a little bitty room and be the same as you're going to do for, well, like I was just at Bike Week in Milwaukee. And it was outdoors on a street. And there was about, oh, I'd say about three or 400 people standing in front of the stage. And I thought, well, this will be a nice little intimate thing. Well, by the time that I got on the stage, though, the bars on both sides of the streets emptied into the street. Everybody walked out with their drink, going to listen to me tell jokes for a little while. And there was about a 1,000 people. Uh, it was amazing, uh, it, just like the old days. It was a it was a cool big 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 show. It'll be a fun show tomorrow night. And you got to write the book. When you write the book, are you seriously? The other thinking? night they had a band playing while I was on stage, two blocks down. They left the band on. It was so stupid. <laughs> I hate the world. I'm telling you. <laughs> when the flying saucers land, I'm gonna say, "Let's go! Come on, just take." <laughs> There's nobody else here you need to talk to. (laughs) His name is Gallagher. He is an absolute legend. It's been killer to have you in the studio, man. Bye-bye. I enjoy you very much. You're a great guy. We return you now to a regularly scheduled program. You have been listening to Off Air with Johnny Dare. Off Air with Johnny Dare.